Hello and welcome to the Run Today podcast. I am your host, Nick Simmons. With me as always is Kamala. Cam, hey, how are you? Guys. you? I'm doing great. After this guest, I'm not sure if he's human, but <laughs> this is Shane. Unbelievable. It's Shane Finn. We put it out there to the universe. Hey, who do you guys want to hear? And yep. overwhelmingly, Shane Finn. And understandably now why. This why, guy yeah. is incredible. He's 27 with the wisdom of somebody much, much older. Seriously. And, and the accomplishment, the resume of someone. I don't even yeah. know how he did all this. He ran 12 marathons in 12 days in his native country of Ireland, but that wasn't enough. He decided nope. I was going to run 24 marathons in 24 days. That wasn't enough. Yep. So he bikes and runs across America in 36 days. Unreal. And he's doing all of this for charity. This comes from a deep place of his cousin and doing it in her name. And I think that's so special. He's not just doing it because it's for fun. He's doing it for her. And that's so awesome. You know, he talks about just the places that the human mind goes when you're, yeah. when you're doing something like this, the suffering, the euphoria, mm-hmm. you know, the letdown, the, just the ups and downs, the wild roller coaster Emot- of doing something like this. And I think as we all are presented with our own emotional roller coasters of life, our own obstacles, you know, yeah. what we can take a lot from what Shane's been through. And uh, there's a reason, you know, companies across the United States, across the world, bring him in to speak. He is yeah. just such a, an incredible speaker with an incredible message. So I don't want to give it all away. Let's jump Let's right in. It. Here he is, Shane Finn. All right, here he is coming to us all the way from Ireland. It's Shane Finn. Shane, how are you? I am very well, guys. How are you guys keeping? We're, We're doing great. great. What time is it over there? It is three minutes past 9 p.m. We oh, have okay. a funny thing here in Ireland where uh, we kind of pronounce our, our threes. We say tree. Dude, <laughs> I have a funny story for you that you'll appreciate about that. So my <laughs> my high school coach, wonderful man by the name of Tom Shanahan from Cork, he yep. was my coach and he had the thickest Irish accent and he yelled at us, all right, boys, we're going to do Hillary Pete's to the green tree. And we'd be like, what's a green tree? Yeah. He's like, the tree, the tree. We're like, dude, we have no idea what you're talking about. We gave him yeah. so much crap for his accent, but I love your guys' accent, man. And I love yeah. your island too. You, we were just geeking out a little bit on just how beautiful, the South Coast, especially where you're at, how beautiful it is. Did that influence you early on uh, growing up, just saying, I got to go explore these roads and trails around me? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I'm very, very lucky to live where I live. I mean, maybe some of your listeners might have traveled to Ireland before, have heard of Ireland, but I'm living in a really, really small town, the southwest Ireland called Dingle, off season. And I mean, off season by it's a big tourist town. So when it's it's not busy with, with tourists, it's uh, there might be 2000 people here. And then on season, it can go anywhere up to kind of four to 6000 people. So it's a small little town, but it, it definitely packs a punch. I mean, with a lot of great restaurants here, a lot of good food here, as you said, a lot of good running and biking here. So uh, yeah, it's really, really nice Oh, that's good to hear. And then did you aspire to leave the island? I know that that was an issue for Ireland's youth for a while there. There's a lot of expatriating. Yeah. Was is that is that something that you aspired to do or do you do you aspire to spend more time back in Ireland if you can? Yeah. So again, I, I suppose I'll give you guys a really quick recap. I would have left high school with 80 people in my class, we'll wow. say. And there's four of us in Dingle. So <laughs> the thing about Dingle is it's a very, you know, it's a food industry, obviously, you know, beer, alcohol, pubs, that kind of stuff. It's very much so kind of generated around that industry, which is great. And that's, that's a, it's a unique selling point. But I mean, I have more friends right now. If I was to go meet one of my friends for coffee tomorrow, I have more friends in Melbourne and Canada than I do mm-hmm. in Dingle. So I always love traveling. I always, uh, I guess I kind of didn't travel when I was a little bit younger. I mean, I'm 27 now. I set up my first company when I was 19. So uh, wow. that was kind of my university education per se. So I stayed and I worked and I, and I built a business, learned a lot, kind of just 
just recently stepped away from that business. And now I kind of have this weird freedom that I'm not really comfortable with. And, and I'm not really too sure what to do. I spend a lot of time over and back to the US, which I love. But I think maybe in the next couple of years, my time might be a little bit more US based than, than Ireland based. But I think for sure when I, uh, I'll definitely be growing old in uh, Southwest Ireland, I think. Well, you got a long time before then. And right yep. now you've got you just so many irons well, in the fire. Today, yeah. Yeah. How many miles <laughs> you get in? Do you know what? I'm biking today. I'm, okay. I'm just working with a little little bit of an injury at the moment. Uh, so it's gotta just work a, through them. Yeah, a tiny bit of hip tendonitis, but it, it's literally very small. I can't really complain. Nothing so. like an injury to make you feel old, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, especially when you're in your mid to late 20s. And yeah. You're like, oh, oh it's all falling apart. <laughs> Dude, you'll be fine as long as you don't turn 30. Just trust me, as long yeah, as you stay in your 20s, you'll yep. be just fine. <laughs> but I was saying you got a lot of irons in the fire here in the U.S. You have a huge following. A lot of our listeners specifically requested you. Yeah. And I'm looking on your social right now. It seems like you're either running or biking across <laughs> our country, you know, at any given moment. Yeah. You know, tell us what is it about America that you like? What is it about? Because you've seen you've seen places that most Americans haven't even seen mm-hmm. through your travels. Yeah. You know, tell us about about this, our country through your eyes. I have some funny stories about the U.S. that people from the U.S. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah, so I guess, so again, for me, I recently just got back to Ireland. For I, I biked and ran from the Golden Gate Bridge to Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge in wow. New York. So but when you say you biked and but, ran, did you, you split it up a little bit or? Yeah, I split it up a little bit. So again, back into, well, okay, back another step back, back in 2000. 14, I ran from Dublin to Dingle, which is the opposite side of Ireland to where I'm living. Kind of just, I'm not going to say for fun, and I'm not one of those <laughs> weirdos that does this, this stuff for fun, but uh, maybe we'll get into it a little bit uh, later on or in, in a couple of minutes. But a lot of what got me into kind of ultra endurance stuff was charity. So my mm. first cousin, Mary, she lives with a condition called spina bifida. Mm. And from a young age, I just wanted her to help her. Basically, that was it. And we're very, very close. And she was even over at our house last night for like a barbecue dinner thing. So we're, we're like best friends. And uh, I knew from a young age, I wanted to help her. And that's what kind of got me into doing what I do. And it's kind of carried me on this crazy journey. So I ran from Dublin to Dingle in 2014. In 2017, I then ran 24 back-to-back marathons in 24 days wow. all around Ireland. That feel idea, like, like uh, just running 26.2 or in a race setting? Just running 26.2. I was going to say, I, I can't could, imagine there's that yeah. many marathons taking place yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just no, throw, throw like, the Garmin or throw a GPS watch on and just have at it? Just go for it, man. Yeah, wow. yeah that was that was, uh, that was our plan. We, we were running from town to town and oh little gosh. things like that. Yeah, we had a good support, people. good support but, crew. Yeah, we had a great support crew. Obviously, you know, it's a very Irish thing. It's a very US thing as well, but very revolved around my family and stuff like that. So my, my you know, my main support crew was my dad and my brother and my cousin and that kind of stuff. So that was really fun that they get to share some of the experiences as well. But I picked the number 20. I mean, I could have done 50 or 100 or, or, or 10, but I picked 24 because 24 hours a day was so hard for my cousin Mary and uh, anybody with a disability and, and their family, you know. I came up with that idea. And I remember being told by my, my aunt and my mom about five years ago, five and a half, six years ago, that my, my, my cousin Mary, she was going through a particularly difficult time. And I, they, I remember them telling me and saying that she feels the feeling of pain 24 hours a day and I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, how can a human endure such suffering? And then I thought I was great doing like a six mile run and a gym session in the evening and I'm super tough and things like that. And I quickly realized that, you know, there's, there's people out there that are, that are suffering and they can't do anything about it. So uh, that was the kind of, I guess, the catalyst for me really to start doing that kind of stuff. We raised a ton of money that time. And I guess, I think you might be kind of, maybe you're, you're a bit similar, Nick, you know, you're always looking for the next challenge, not, not in a kind of a, 
you're not lost looking for new things all the time. But you need a goal. Once, you need something to wake up and train goal, for. Yeah. You get to the top of the stairs. You always look left or right to see if there's another staircase to climb. Exactly. Um, and I think after that, I think the timing was right. A bad thing happened where my the charity they were their their funding got cut quite significantly about a month and a half after I finished running around Ireland, and it was a bit of a kick in the in 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 the nuts really because we had worked so hard to raise as much money as we could, and then they got cut by like sixty thousand dollars euros, uh, so like sixty five thousand dollars, which is a lot of money for a small charity. And then mm-hmm. I was actually in the U.S. at the time when I got that news. I was in Connecticut, right in a little town called Fairfield. It's actually on the train line up from New York and uh, I was in a cafe I was like super angry I was like alright I am uh, need to cool off went for a walk down by the beach and I was down by the Atlantic Ocean I was looking like east I was like oh well Ireland's over that way and I was like that's it I got I got across America now there was no real that was my only thinking into it I went mm. back to the same cafe again to the same seat and opened up my laptop and I was like mm. okay America's a big Pull big up. country <laughs> dear um, map quest yeah <laughs> how many miles easy? yeah <laughs> All right. I was like, all right, let's keep this one to yourself for a little bit. Yeah. Hash out the logistics before you start putting that one out. And that took about a month, to be honest. Oh, my gosh. I then decided, you know, logistically, I couldn't, I couldn't ask a crew and stuff to commit for a hundred days. I think I worked out was like 108 days to run it. I was like, I was, that would have been incredibly cool, but it also would have been incredibly selfish. So I was like, you know, I could do 30, because I had done 12 and I'd done 24. I was like, all right, it's got to be 36, you know. So I, I biked for four days and ran for two. So that's six days. And I did that six times. Wow. Uh, what was the average bike length and what was the average run length? So again, my brain kind of works in kilometers. So oh, I think of course. Like, I, I can do the conversions yeah, for sorry. you. <laughs> Everybody gives out to me when I go to the US. They're like, what's that in miles? I'm like, I don't know. What, what's like, in, in kilometers? You know the rest <laughs> of the world uses kilometers, right? Just us. Yeah. US. Liberia. We're, yeah. yeah. Myanmar. Yeah, so yeah, we're in good company. My average day on the bike would be somewhere, it would depend on what, like if we're trying to hit a geographical point or if I'm trying to, so part of the story was we were we were behind for a lot of the trip. I was kind of averaging about 260 kilometers per day on the bike. Wow. Like 180 miles or yeah. so. And then I was probably running up to about 35 miles a day, 30 to 35 miles a day. So Gosh. it was a lot. It, it really took a lot. I think anybody that does this kind of crazy stuff, the body adapts. So whatever you subject your body to physically, mentally, it will adapt and yeah. it will that will become your new normal. But there comes a point where just the, the sheer mental fatigue was was quite difficult for us. We were in a different country. We we're in a different continent. Like for me, being an Irish person, I mean, our country is so small and each county or state is literally like an hour away. So each state in the U.S. was like going into a new country. Pretty much. Um, wow. You know, we. Time zones, different we had all laws, kind of yeah. different cultures, different accents. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I will say that we had two Irish flags flying off the RV mm-hmm. and people were so friendly. Yeah. No matter Aww. what state we went, people were so, so kind to us. Like, oh, my cousins from Ireland or my next door neighbor was Irish or my roommate in college, <laughs> cool. Irish, whatever. So it was pretty nice. I like that. That that really kind of gave us a bit of a boost. But uh, yeah, there were there were days where, you know, I thought maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. But it was a phenomenal experience. I have massive respect for the country of America. But I was pretty glad to climb that last mountain on day 35 oh, sure. in New York. And I was yeah. just like, get me up there. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was a great experience. What was the route that you took? What states were you going through? All right. So the plan was to go through 12. We ended up going through 13. That okay. wasn't really, uh, there was, that's, uh, I don't know if you guys are picking out any traits here that we were off script probably from day two. <laughs> uh, 
we got caught in some really, really heavy snow in Colorado. Mm. Old state just shut down. There was a load of storms in Kansas and around Colorado and all these places. And we got caught in one, which put me through. I was supposed to bike 300 kilometers that day. We didn't move. We couldn't move. Like the RVs were stuck in the snow. Like it was a disaster. So we were 300K behind. So we like I was getting to the stage where towards the end of the trip, I was getting fatigued and I was having to eat my dinner and go out and run another 10K or bike another 50K or something like that. So it was tough. I mean, so if you were to draw a straight line from the Golden Gate Bridge to the Brooklyn Bridge, we were just north of that. So it was California, Nevada, Colorado, Kansas, Utah. Utah was beautiful. It was probably my most favorite. Uh, West Virginia for 45 minutes, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Indiana, Illinois, New York, Connecticut, and then back into New York. Wow. So it was, uh, yeah, we saw, I think we, I genuinely think somebody Googled what's the longest way to bike from <laughs> You found it. <laughs> and we found it. Yeah. And added on a bit too. So oh, it was, you got to, you got to really explore the space. If you're going to do it, you want to see, see a few it things, all. right? Yep. Hey, that's it. I'm in the, it, it got to stage where I kind of was just oblivious to everything because uh, it gets a bit monotonous at times, but no, it was really beautiful. Like I said, Utah was probably my favorite. Uh, Geographically, my favorite. it's one of the neatest states, I think. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's really, really nice. And uh, Colorado was pretty sweet. I mean, my friend Tim, he's a, Tim's actually was a former professional Ironman athlete and he's a fireman in Manhattan. And he, uh, we met at Ironman Lake Placid last year and he flew out to bike for four days with me in the Rockies pretty cool so it was good to have some company and just you know just have someone there to talk we actually had a rule that during the day we weren't locked loud talk about endurance stuff which was difficult for two guys that are really into endurance <laughs> yeah. my mind off uh, off different things you know he was telling me stories about the firehouses and all that kind of stuff so it was really good to have that kind of different stimulation i guess yeah and to have company too i was gonna say, it reminds me you put a group of pro runners in a room and say you can't talk about pro running and it'll be crickets yeah they, will, like, they won't have anything about? else yeah. to talk about yeah. Would you say you identify more as a runner or a cyclist or just as an endurance athlete overall? Really good question. So if you asked me that question last year, I would have said runner because that's really what got me into kind of endurance, you know. But now I guess it's funny because now I would more of an overall endurance athlete, I think. Definitely over the next couple of years, want to get into more Ironman stuff because I think it's something I could hopefully do kind of well in in the future. But How's your I swim? definitely think. It's getting better. I yeah. swam a one one eleven in Lake Placid last year. Yeah. So get I kinda need to get down to the one hour really to be honest Is to it, be anyway. Are Iron Man's draft legal? Uh no. No. They're not. Okay. Well that helps a little bit. Well they say they're not, but then but everyone's out know, there drafting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I will uh, running it, running gives me deep, deep satisfaction and joy. I mean, you just not even running to run or on a marathon or on a train or anything like that, but just a simple act of lacing up my shoes and going yeah. for a run makes me really happy. I think it always will do as well till the, till the day I die. You know? I, so I know I think, what you mean. And I know a lot of our listeners do. I think it was, yeah. took me a long time to really identify what it was. Uh, when I was young, I, I didn't really appreciate what it was doing for me other than making me fit and, and ideally making me a money. Career, yeah. yeah, exactly. It wasn't until later on in my career that I realized it was meditation. Mm-hmm. It was daily meditation. Yeah. And, and I was calmer. I thought clearer. I had better energy. Like everything that people identify with meditation is what I was getting from running. And, so and cool. my, it, yeah, my, my brain just shut off and I just existed. Sure. And I was just putting one foot in front of the yeah. other. And um, I think that a lot of people later on in life, they start to appreciate how special it is. Endurance athletics specifically to be able able to give your body and your mind that separation from phones, from traffic yep. noise, from no- noisy neighbors and colleagues, just to give yep. yourself the gift of 
30, 40, 50, you know, even an hour in your own head, mm-hmm. processing your thoughts, calming your mind. It's an incredible thing. And, yeah. and science backs it up. What, what it does for your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit, everything. Endurance athletics is, uh, like we said in the last podcast, the best medicine you could possibly give yourself. I get asked all the time, people are like, so uh, Shane, what do you do to relax? I'm like, I run. And yeah. they're like, no, 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 what do you do to relax? Did you go to the cinema? Did you drink beer? I was like, no, I don't I'm do either of those. I, I, Mostly I running run. or biking, yeah. yeah. What is wrong with you? You'll appreciate this, Shane, because you've obviously spent a lot of time in your own head. But someone once asked me, you know, you run 10 miles a day. What's it like? I'm like, imagine if someone like locked you in a closet and you were very comfortable and just peaceful. And they're like, that sounds horrible. I'm like... <laughs> Well, maybe I didn't do it justice, but for me, it was like just chaos around me left and right, you know, just tra- like I said, the traffic noise and the headaches of the real world. I'm like, there's something so yeah. peaceful. If you're comfortable in your own head and if you're comfortable with your own thoughts, just sitting there and being able to process everything, um, for sure, you know, right? and now we see people turning to uh, float tanks or meditation or yeah. all these different ways to distance ourselves from the noisy world. Yep. You know, what an incredible experience. And you've taken that to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it like on your 24th day, your 24th marathon? How does it, is it still meditative at that point? Is it still re- relaxing at all? Or is it just pure suffer fest? Yeah, really, really good question. So I think, so I'll rewind back to the 24 and 24. That was my first, obviously I had done the 12 day event back in 2014, but I was still very raw and very naive going into that. But the 24 and 24, I had a bit of a taste for the multi-day stuff. I had a bit of a taste for kind of, we'll say, quote unquote, suffering. And as well, I I use a lot of, I'm a very, uh, I'm a pretty deep thinker and I I use a lot of kind of visualization style things as well. And I I remember during the 24 and 24, we had, a massive mountain pass, you know, typical little Ireland road to cross on day 21. With sheep it walking across it. Pass. I can already see it. <laughs> were, and it's beautiful yeah, and green. Of course there were sheep. <laughs> There were many sheep and uh, it was, uh, you know, it was one of these one lane roads and it's called the Caja Pass. It's kind of thing that's closed for like three months in the winter and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, who designed this route? I was like, oh yeah. You. <laughs> so I knew in my head, I was like, I was trying to stay present every day, et cetera, et cetera. But I knew I had to run up this thing and I knew I... If I could get there, I owe it to myself to run up like nonstop or whatever. But it's the process of getting there. And I remember running my fastest marathon on day 19. Mm-hmm. Not that it was like world record beating or anything like that. But over the 24 days, it was my it was my fastest day. However, it was also the day I was experiencing the most physical pain mm-hmm. because running it was uh, what happened that particular day is my, like my left shoulder like locked up mm. like behind my left shoulder like between my shoulder blade and my neck if you can imagine that area was just not happy it's just that constant motion of running and I also realized that anytime I would reach into we say the support car for a water bottle it was my left arm I was doing all the work all oh, the time yeah. and you up over time it just got a little bit angry so i said okay all right well if this is the way it's going to be i said my my mantra was that if i get this day done quickly the suffering will be shorter and i turned out to run my fastest day and then it was interesting how they both ended up in the same day now i tried to bring some of those techniques to america with me but (laughs) it was mentally it was a little bit different because there was a three-day block where we had no like phone like cell phone coverage and we were like stopping walmart and like redownload our maps and it was pandemonium so i had a lot of other external things going on like Mm -hmm. where are we going the wrong way Mm -hmm. etc etc you know i was starting to lose the feeling in my hands from the handlebars of the bike so my braking was getting poorer my reaction times were getting slower and things like that but all this stuff going on 
I just felt the odd time here and there. And you you know when you kind of just go into this flow. And you can you experience it sometimes when you're running. You know, it might just be quiet. You might have no music on. It might be just out in the countryside and you're just floating. And I, that happened to me a lot in America because, you know, there were the days were long. I was on the bike for nearly 10 to 12 hours a day. Wow. Running would be five or six hours a day. And you just have to go into this place in your mind where nothing else really happens and you're literally just talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I would visit that place quite a lot. I would love to be able to visit it every now and again, but it's it's funny. I, I think a lot of my thoughts when I'm running, I find it very hard to sit in an office or to sit in my office at home with a piece of paper on my laptop and like get thoughts out. So a lot of it actually happens when I run. Mm-hmm. So that comes back to your uh, your meditative um, point, I guess, as well, Nick, you know, so it's, it's uh, I think it's different for everybody. But yeah, there were definitely a lot of suffering days. There was more suffering days in America than there was in Ireland. But uh, there was equal kind of joy out of the two of them, I guess, as well. Incredible accomplishments, no matter how, yeah. you, how you cut it up. Yeah, no, it reminds me of uh, just the science behind it. They, they'll, they'll monitor humans' brains while they're working out and the synapses fire faster. They fire mm. differently. You know, I, I think some of my greatest ideas came from just a nice 13, 14 mile long run. And uh, I know a lot yeah. of runners listening to us that can identify with that. You talked about getting to the top of a staircase and looking left and looking right. So you're at the top of a staircase right now. Where are you, where are you looking? What are you seeing? Oh, what am I looking at? Well, when I finished, I wanted to sell my bike and like burn my running shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm sure. over it. I finally cured myself of this. Yep. I think you guys might be able to relate to this a little bit. And I think a lot of listeners will too, you know, and it, it doesn't matter. I always try, I never put down what I do. So I never like put myself down mentally or physically, but or verbally. But what I would do is I would compare what I'm trying to achieve to somebody maybe trying to run their first 5K or run their first 10K. It doesn't really matter what you're trying to do as long as you keep trying to become a better person. Mm-hmm. So whether that's physically or in your endurance life, it's all relative really. So if it's if it's me trying to bike and run across America or we say Mary trying to run her first 10K, we both suffer and we both face hardship and we both face obstacles, but it's how you kind of continue to push when those obstacles and barriers are placed in front of you. I think that's really important. And just for people to know that I'm in the same boat as everybody, I suffer with self-doubt. I do think some days I can't do this, I can't keep going, but you put these little mechanisms in place. To answer your question, I tried to go around a little bit there, but I'm, I'm going to have to answer it now. I think when I finished America and when you do these things, there is a certain maybe uh, an emptiness almost, you know. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, a, like, every Olympian goes through it as soon as the minute Olympic yeah. Games ends. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's it's almost like it's just a, a true disappointment, mm-hmm. you know, almost like a, <laughs> everything you've put into something. You put so much into it, the planning yeah. and then the mm-hmm. execution and then the brief mm-hmm. celebration. But what makes Shane Finn, Shane Finn is what's next. Yeah. And there's a there's a that yeah. looming question that hey what am I waking up for tomorrow I don't know at this point yeah people yeah. like you Shane I think it, you have to constantly be setting goals it's tough because I guess as well once I stepped away from my business last year I literally I have a mark to the day I literally shut my life down for seven months and I trained mm. two to three times a day I slept I ate I planned I flew to Boulder about a month and a half beforehand to do some work at altitude with a, with a guy I know from Ireland and then I went from there to California to kind of get ready to go and the crew flew over and then you know you get to New York the day after the family's around I stayed in New York for five days afterwards and on that fifth day I remember on my way to the airport and I was like that's it you're done like what's going to happen next I remember on the flight home I couldn't sleep I was like what am I going to do like where am I going to go etc etc you know so but obviously you don't make any rash decisions and you kind of the day I got home I built my bike and I went out cycling again and I was like look just just give it time like things like this don't come along I think whether it be a humongous kind of endurance goal again or something like that I'm not sure if there will be something like that in the next two years or so but I'll I'll constantly be challenging myself I mean I'd love to I'd love to qualify for the Ironman World Championships and I know that's going to take a massive amount 
going to work for me. Um, it's going to take a massive amount of discipline. I am looking at maybe moving to the US on a more of a full-time basis, kind of with a couple of different uh, opportunities there. That's a big challenge. And uh, I'm also looking at, so last two things is I'm looking at maybe applying to do my master's in the US and also finish writing a little book. So um, I guess cool. I can really kind of maybe cool. challenge cool. challenge my energies into those at the moment. And I, I also have my own little podcast too, which is kind of growing. So I wrote it down. I, I was about uh, to pitch myself for Pushing Limits <laughs> podcast. Flip, yeah, this would be I'm going to flip you guys around and Let's say, do hey, it. Yeah, say we can just do we can do it in a, in a couple of weeks or something like that. One of my it. favorite things to do is to just turn yeah. it turn it around. You know, yeah. it's funny. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, sure. I got into podcasting because I was going on all these podcasts and Cam's like, well, we should yeah, do our same. own. Yeah. Now it's yeah. just, you know, everybody's got a podcast and uh, especially when you have audiences that that are very similar. Like I know our audience is very excited to speak with you. And I, I would just love to speak with you about endurance athletics because my background as an 800 meter runner is so different than yours. Yeah. But there are a yeah. lot of there are a lot of the mentalities you talk about. Like I, I just identify sure. with the pain and the struggle and the totally. meditation so much. Yeah. So yeah, hey, let's schedule that. That would be so much fun for me. I love it. I think we could, uh, could have a great conversation. We spoke with another great guest a few weeks back that talked about being open to different opportunities. And it seems to me like you're at this yep. wonderful place in your life, 27. You've learned what you're good at. You've learned what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. You've learned what opportunities may be coming your way. And you're open to it. You're open to these different things kind of coming your way and and, and scaling the ones that are, are most interesting to you. I think America could be a really good place for you, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's yeah, a lot, a lot so. of things, I mean, a lot yeah, of people I'm, here that want to, that want you over here and want you, you hustling. You know what? It's funny. I went to Boulder. I, f- I found this quite interesting. I, when I went to Boulder, I mean, first, and it's understandable here in Ireland. I mean, what I do is quite, uh, it's quite different. You know, some people think I'm crazy or whatever, but that's okay. <laughs> crazy the, in a good way. Is, yeah. In a good way, in a good way. They're like, oh, he's out running in the, in the snow and the rain again. But, um, people are like, oh, like I tell them what I'm about to do or what I'm training for or what my next project is. And people are like, oh my God, that's nuts. Like how, like a human could not possibly do that. I was like, no, a human can do anything. But then I, I went to Boulder and I was speaking to some people and I got to meet some people. So the guy I was with, his name is Ivan O'Gorman. He's a, he's a bike fitter. He's a, he's a professional bike fitter. So he works for a lot of the top Ironman athletes and cyclists and runners and stuff in the US and in Boulder. And I entered, he was introducing me to people and I was telling them what I was doing and they're like, oh, that's cool. They were like, it was almost semi-normal to them, you know, and I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of nice. I said, yeah. I feel like they get people, are, people yeah. they don't think I'm a crazy person. <laughs> there's some pockets, there's some pockets, some communities here where they'd be like, oh, you're only doing 24 marathons. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that'd be, I see, I think that's an, uh, that is an environment where I would thrive. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'll do 27 <laughs> kind yep. of thing, you know, but uh, no, I think, look, it's going to be a big move for me because I'm very, very close to my family. I think a, a lot of, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's obviously an American thing, but it's an Irish thing too. And I have a lot of family in the US as well. Mm-hmm. So as every Irish person does, I have a lot of cousins in Boston. I've built up a lot of contacts in New York and stuff and obviously Connecticut too. So, and just for me as well, it, it's, it's worth talking about it. It's quite difficult for, for young European, well, Irish in particular, young Irish to, to get visas to, to come and live and work in the US. So, I qualify for a certain visa, so I think it'd be a. Uh, I think I'd regret it when I'm 50, having not taken the opportunity. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens over the next year. But um, yeah, like you said, I'm always open to new ideas. I'm always open to new techniques. I'm always trying to learn. I mean, I've really thrown myself into educating myself on 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 things like endurance nutrition, like ultra endurance nutrition, things like that. Since I since I finished up, and you know, I'm always you know, I guess the old saying is the more you learn, the less you realize that you don't know. It's mind blowing, really. The more you push 
push yourself, and the more you kind of delve into things. And I think that might come from the little, the little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit that I have too. You know, I'm constantly trying to. Uh, I'm never closing doors. I'm always maybe opening one door and keeping the door behind me slightly open too to see what happens. But um, no, it's fun, and I'm 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 enjoying the journey, and hopefully it'll continue for uh, many more years to come. Well, now you got some friends out in Oregon, so yep, you got an you excuse have to, make to make it to the best <laughs> state. Yeah. Yeah, I might be able I to actually, stick with you for a mile or two. <laughs> I think it might be the other way around. But yeah, I actually have a. I'm not sure. Is is the Nike the Nike headquarters in Oregon, right? Yeah, near Portland. Yeah, so it was actually founded that, in the in the in the city that we're in currently, Eugene, Oregon, uh, um, as Blue Eugene. Ribbon Sports, and then they moved to Beaverton to be closer to Portland. But yeah, you'll have to check out their HQ. It's it is incredible. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, and, so would you would you believe that? And again, random. This is why Dingle is such a random little town in the southwest of Ireland. I my first business was it was a we had a quite a large gym here in town. And this lady walks in one day. I got chatting to her, very friendly, very friendly American lady. She goes, "Oh, my husband works for Nike." I was like, "Oh, cool." I was mm-hmm. like. I like Nike and they like sent me a load of shoes and all this kind of stuff. 24 marathons and turns out he's like one of the head of like, he's like in cybersecurity for Nike in uh, Portland. (laughs) Pretty high up, yeah. Pretty cool. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, tap those guys up sometime and definitely, hopefully, uh, make a trip out there. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. That'd yeah, awesome. they are very generous with gear, yep. as everyone in Oregon knows that's been to the uh, employee store. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, come on out. Uh, we'll, you'll have to uh, see Nike HQ. You'll have to make your way down to Eugene, Oregon. It's called yeah. Track Town USA for a reason. Twenty twenty on yeah. uh, Olympic man, if trials. You, if you like, if you like beautiful green trails, we got a few of those out here. Nice, nice. Sounds like my uh, ideal place. Well, Shane, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with us. My mind is still just blown away at the accomplishments that you have here, both on and off the track, right? Mm-hmm. Physically and not physically. I'll be sure to follow you at underscore Shane Finn, F-I-N-N, and at your website, ShaneFinn.com. I think I said already a lot of our listeners were super excited about this one. I'm just excited to see where life takes you. You're still so young. You have so much energy. And obviously, there isn't an obstacle big enough to deter this guy. Seriously. You know, whatever, yeah. whatever comes your way, you're going to find a way around it or through it. And uh, I think that kind of perseverance is what, you know, makes a great athlete, makes a great Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. And uh, you obviously have a very, very bright future ahead. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Thanks, Shane. Talk soon. A big thank you to everyone for joining us on that episode. If you want to find out more or listen to other episodes, go to rungum.com slash podcast. Also, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your preferred player. I'm Nick Simmons, and you've been listening to the Run the Day podcast. Until next time.